Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Knitter Square podcast. This, of course, is season two, and um, so we are well into our um, second season with lots and lots of interviews from our overseas members and from the volunteers on the ground here in South Africa. I'm Leanne Hunt, your host, and uh, for those who haven't joined us before on the podcast, you may not be aware that Knitter Square is an organization that has been going for about 12 years. Based in South Africa, we um, collect knitted squares and crocheted squares from people all over the world who send them to us and they get combined into beautiful colorful blankets that are uh, distributed to orphaned and vulnerable children um, around the Gauteng area and in the provinces beyond. Um, I've been a member of Knitter Square for about four years now and I must say I find it incredibly enriching in my life. Uh, it's wonderful to be working alongside people who are such compassionate, caring and uh, committed people, you know, to seeing the children's lives um, improved. And um, also just to be part of a greater network in uh, in the world. And um, I must say I love connecting with our members on the podcast and interviewing them and letting you hear from them and um, being able to just uh, share something of each other's lives with each other. Um, before I get to today's interview, I just want to say um, I'm coming to you from a pretty chilly Johannesburg. It's winter here in the Southern Hemisphere and um, we are experiencing a cold snap, particularly cold snap, with a, a big cold front coming up from the Cape. Generally for us, the, the weather sort of comes from the south, uh, from the polar region uh, of Antarctica, and it comes up via Cape Town, the Eastern Cape, KZN, and then Gauteng. And um, when it does come, we, we generally get some uh, cloudy, even rainy weather with some turbulence, and behind it a big wall of cold polar air. That's what we're anticipating for the next few days. And I would love to be able to tell you that we've had a couple of big distributions, getting blankets and beanies, hand warmers and toys out to the children. But if you've been following our posts on Facebook and um, on the forum, on the website, you will know that South Africa has experienced um, another wave, a third wave of the COVID-19 virus. And with the Delta vi variant, we've had uh, to be locked down again to a level four lockdown, which means a lot of restrictions. And then to top it all, last week, uh, we had a lot of civil unrest in Gauteng and in KZN, and it made it impossible to even do small outreaches or, or even get to the barn. Um, Rhonda actually asked us not to go to the barn because it was too dangerous. We saw some really horrific examples of looting, and protesting and vandalism that took place particularly along the, the transport route between Durban Port and the main area of Johannesburg, which is our business hub. And uh, warehouses were vandalized, stores were, were ransacked, 
People drove off with all sorts of things ranging from foodstuffs to television sets and um, even stealing things like coffins, which you sort of wonder why. Why would they do that? Anyway, it's raised a lot of political questions about who could be behind all the violence. But quite apart from that, it has definitely affected the poorer people in our country because um, so many of them in the informal settlements and townships rely on having shops close to home that they can walk to and don't have to catch a taxi at huge expense to go um, and find groceries and things from the cities. So many of those people will now have to actually find a way of getting food and fuel and whatever else they need further afield, simply because the small shops that they were depending on before before now have actually been vandalized, destroyed, burnt to the ground or whatever. Even some schools have been um, badly damaged. So there's a lot of cleaning up to do. And I would ask you just to keep us in your prayers. Um, on a lighter note, because that really is quite heavy, uh, on a lighter note, I have Grace Weir with us. Um, I interviewed her a couple of days ago, and she was uh, full of bright ideas about how to spend one's time creatively. And I really appreciated her um, her upbeat attitude and her energy and her love of doing things uh, to bless and to help others. So you'll hear from Grace Weir. She's in the southwest of England. Um, and um, I really hope that you'll enjoy my chat with her. I certainly did. Hi, Grace. It's just so great to chat to you. And um, you're in the UK. So would you like to say hello yes. and tell us where you are? Yes, I live in, in the south of England in a, a town, a small town called Dorchester. Um, it's the county town of a county called Dorset. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful county, south coast. Um, we only live about six miles from the coast with a little town just inland from the coast. Um, we moved here 45 years ago, so we're sort of almost local now, not quite, but almost local. <laughs> and um, we I just love it here. It's, it's about, um, about 20,000 people, population. Okay. It's not very big, which suits me fine. They sort of say Dorchester, you know, Dorset, it's not a place, it's a way of life. It's so slow, oh. um, but it's not, quite, it's not quite so slow nowadays as it was. Um, it's growing because there's a development which started several years ago now called Poundbury, mm. which Prince Charles is Prince Charles's land, the Duchy of Cornwall land, and uh, he's got this um, this development started where he plans to build. Um, there will eventually be about six thousand more people living in Dorchester. Oh, um, wow. It's on the outskirts of the town, and lots of restrictions as to what you can do and can't do um, with the properties there. It's all very very much planned by the Duchy of Cornwall. Mm. Um, But our church actually has located from the town centre up to this um, area, Poundbury. Mm. Um, And actually, I had the the honour of meeting Prince Charles when he came to open the church. Oh, how Um, marvellous. When was that? That was about three years ago. And uh, I'd actually, one of my many hobbies is card making. And um, I'd actually been asked by the church to make a card to present to Prince Charles. 
Um, and I made a card for it. I didn't present it, but as he was walking past, um, somebody said to him, oh, this is the lady that made your card. And he shook my hand and said, oh, how lovely. Did you do this all yourself? <laughs> and I said, yes, it was a bit of a midnight, midnight oil job. But, uh, you know, and he said, oh, how splendid, you know. And I was very, very chuffed to, to have sort of shaken hands with the future king of England, you know. And so, even um, that, with that something handmade. That's really special. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So it made it made all the sort of uh, you know I was a bit worried making it the night before trying to get it right, but um, I got I got there and it was it was around the time of his seventieth birthday. Yeah. So I actually put his royal highness Prince Charles and seventeen did it all in sort of you know I used my die cut machine and sort of made it look quite nice. So okay. yeah, he he seemed whether he ever looked at it I don't know, but he seemed to appreciate it on the moment. <laughs> That's <laughs> very special, sure. Um, when you say you make cards, um, are they? I don't know what die cutting is. It's um, sort um, of a, oh, it's a machine where you cut you cut out different shapes and that. But I mean, I I don't just do that. I make cards with lots of different techniques. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I do a lot of something called iris folding, where you you fold um, paper and mm -hmm. make different. Um, you know, you have um, a template and and fold, and it comes up very attractive. And I also do. Um, oil uh, not oil watercolor painting and do that with my cards and mm -hmm. I do a lot of desktop publishing and and I make cards that way you know using um graphics um yeah I it's one of my main hobbies really I love making cards so sure. you know I get I've made loads for charity and sell them for, to raise funds for charity and yes. uh, you know it's just something I love doing in fact um I've tried to promote Nissa Square because one of the projects I've recently got engaged with um there's a thing called um, Postcards of Kindness, which is going in, in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it started, um, the idea was um, to, to send cards or postcards to people, the residents in care homes who felt so cut off during COVID yeah. and, you know, getting anxious and not seeing their families and not seeing anybody. Um, so the idea was, there was a list of 3,000 care homes, and the idea was just to write a little bit about yourself or the area where you live or just something of general interest. Yeah. So I've been doing that, and I've also been telling them some of the cards I've made. I've put photographs of my blankets I've sent to Knitter Square and some of the African children. Wonderful. And I've actually sort of given a plug and sort of said, you know, if any of the residents would like to knit a simple square, here's the pattern. So yes. I plugged it a bit. <laughs> That's a very good idea because it's it's yeah, it's so really targeting not, the kind of people that would be interested yeah. in in participating. That's right. Whether or not, I mean, you don't ever know whether it has taken off. But I think, well, if I if I you know I put lots of pictures of the children on and lots of the blankets and things I've completed just sort of on the front of the card and and sent them off and just said this is one of my hobbies, you know, and uh, lovely. And if, if anybody would like to, you know, and I've given the the details for Mr. Square website if any of the um people who teach them you know want to look it up or anything so whether mm. or not it will ever get anybody I don't know but it's worth a try I'm sure they really appreciated hearing from you and having you share that sort of personal little message with them yeah I hope so Lovely. I hope so because it must be very hard for people mustn't it yeah at the moment oh being cut off during COVID I think is so hard and um, especially when you we can't go out you can't see family no, we didn't see our family for 15 months. They all live away. And we saw them um, about four weeks ago and it was lovely, but it was such a yeah. long, long time. You know, I mean, thank goodness for, for technology. At least you can do this sort of thing. But it's yeah. not quite the same as having a hug, is it? No. <laughs> 
we're just yeah. planning for my daughter from the UK to come out and visit, and I just can't wait. So it's going to be lovely. Sure. Mm-hmm. She lives in the UK, does she? Yes. Yeah, she's in London. Right. Mm-hmm. My my daughter and her family live in the Midlands, and my son and his family mm-hmm. live in North Shropshire, which is even further north. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, and I've got five grandchildren. Mm-hmm. The oldest one's just had a year at Oxford for the first her first year at university. So Exciting. they're all busy. Mm. Grace, um, what is the uh, what is your background? I'm just wondering if your graphic design and your card making sort of stemmed from like uh, doing art um, as a no, as a course at school or something. No, I was hopeless at it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've sort of gradually got myself into. The reason I it's funny actually. When I started card making, it was when we were on holiday one year in the Lake District of England, which mm-hmm. has a wonderful reputation for having lots of rain, and it did. And um, <laughs> we went to, <laughs> to fill an afternoon, we went to visit a paper mill factory, and they had lots of different um, papers and, and craft materials and samples of cards people had made. And I thought, oh, this looks good, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And it sort of started from there, you know. And when I started, mm-hmm. I, when I look back now and I think, um, you know, what I did then I'm surprised anybody bought them that they did and mm. I've just developed it and I've just sort of added to the sort of things I do then I went to a, <laughs> um, a course to do watercolor painting and um, I learned the techniques I'm, I wouldn't say I'm good at it but I love doing it you know mm. um, and the graphics I like I use a lot of my own photography take photos on my my little camera and then put them on the screen and then yeah. print them out and you know make cards with them and my son had a lovely picture he had a blue tip banged against his window and it, it was stunned and he picked it up and it was on his hand oh. and the most gorgeous photograph my they took and sent me so I've made lots of cards using a blue tip you know yeah you know it's, it's just getting the ideas and and the more you do the easier it becomes to get the ideas yes yes I was gonna say it sounds like you're very creative so when did you begin knitting um well I began knitting when I was quite a youngster about 10 or something like that my dear mum taught me to knit mm-hmm. but she was always knitting and she was always thinking of other people so much so that she knitted so many um garments for save the children in oxfam during her lifetime and even up until almost two days before she died she died aged 95 mm-hmm. she was busy knitting a little top for save the children and she knew oh. she was passing away yeah. And she said, um, I must, she, I can see her now sat in the chair saying, I must finish this knitting before I go. She's now oh. with the Lord. So I mean, she's in a better place. But yeah. so she was so dedicated to knitting. Yeah. That's amazing. Gosh. So she taught you when you were young. And um, what, yeah. is, what has been your sort of knitting career? Have you? Well, um, I, well, no, I mean, I've just knitted loads of, when I, you know, loads of jumpers for the children when they were growing up and okay. then the grandchildren. Um, and for myself, I don't do them anymore for myself because it's so much cheaper and easier to buy them. But mm. um, mind you, the weather today, it's so hot here. I don't think I'll ever need a jumper again. <laughs> Is it very hot at the moment? centigrade here. Goodness me. <laughs> yes. And like you've got cold weather, I believe, haven't you? Yes, outside it's very cold. Um, but I yeah. always, I have a lovely north-facing room which where the uh, sun comes through the window. It's it's very cozy in here right now. <laughs> Lovely. No, yeah. so, you know, I, I sort of just gradually sort of always did knitting and and um, I wasn't so keen on sewing, but I did learn to do patchwork. I've done quite mm. a bit of patchwork 
Um, I have ma- I've actually made the squares to do a big quilt, but I haven't put it together yet. But mm-hmm. I've made two what they call quillows, which are like lap quilts. Okay. Um, and that, that was enjoyable. That was mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's just one of the many things I like doing. I've just made a list here, actually, if I can remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Patchwork, po- writing poetry, okay. music, taking my doggy for a walk, knitting, mm-hmm. making cards. Um, I've also done a lot of knitting for different things, you know, the knitter square. Um mm. One of the things I've done, um, oh, yes, one of the things that you'd probably be interested in, a few years ago they were asking for people to make um, slipovers for the children. Okay. And I actually made a pattern which took off and it's now called the Grace Vest. And it was widely used all over the world. Oh, my goodness, how exciting. So That's lovely. They were last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I did this. It was very simple, but yes. it's been really lovely because I've seen so many pictures of children wearing them. Yes. People have knitted. Yes. And, um, and it was, I don't think they want them anymore because they're only taking squares and hats and hand warmers and toys, aren't they, at the moment? Yes, at Knitter Square, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But another thing I've done, um, I can show you actually, putting squares together, making mm. a jumper. Oh gosh, I've often wondered if that was that would be possible. Can you describe it to us? How you've done the neck yeah. and things? It's just eight. Well, that was just um, the way I sewed it up. It was just eight squares, which my mm. friend actually knitted. Yeah, and I knitted the sleeves and picked up a rib, you know, to make it um, round the bottom. The bottom. Made a little okay. flower to make it pretty. Yeah. And there's your jumper. And and the neck. I've Have you put a collar on it? No. No, it's just the way the squares are sewn up. Instead of mm. sewing the whole way up, I've only sewn halfway, so you've got an opening. I see. It's an opening very at the simple, top. Very simple, but very effective. Oh, gosh, and bright and colourful. That's really lovely. Yeah, I've done lots of those. Yes. Now they don't want them in South Africa, I'm actually sending them off to um, um, a charity in this country which needs them. You know? Yes, yes, so, yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's, that's an, an inspiration. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's right. So, yeah, I, I, I can't just sit still. Mm. Grace, I, I'm always planning. Yeah, it sounds like you're always busy. And um, when when and how did you get involved with Knitter Square? Um, I got involved with Knitter Square, um, I would think it must be about 11 years ago. Mm. Um, I think it was really at a time when I was a bit of a loose end because the children, the grandchildren no longer wanted knitted things. Mm. Um, and I didn't really have um, anybody particularly I wanted to do knitting for. And I think I was just sort of Googling on the internet to look for, you know, charities mm-hmm. and came across it. And the minute I came across it and saw the lovely pictures of the children and, and mm. read all about Knitter Square, mm. I just took off. Fantastic. <laughs> and enjoyed doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but, and, and, and I do love it. What what is your sort of favorite thing to do? Are you a crocheter, knitter? Do you like pattern knitting um, or color knitting? Um, probably knitting more than crochet. I mm-hmm. I can crochet, but mostly the only time I crochet um, is my friend knits loads of squares, and I I sometimes make them up into a blanket and post the whole blanket. And yeah. I I like to do a fancy crochet edge round them. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. But um, you'll be interested when when I first started this. Um, of course, unfortunately, due to COVID, we haven't been able to lately, but we had a little group called Nissa Natter. Oh, yes. It was an old lady's house who's 95, and she mm. loved knitting for, for Kaz, and mm. I gave them the patterns. 
And she was always giving me beanies to sew up for her that she'd knitted. Mm. And another friend that used to come along and make hand warmers. Mm. And uh, another friend of mine um, knits just squares. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody else likes to do the hats. So it's been a bit of a team effort. And the blankets that I've sewn together, mostly the squares are knitted by my friend that she um, she can't get out very much and she just loves knitting. And mm-hmm. she just hands me bags full of squares. And I always oh. feel that if I sew them up, I've got the fun of doing the edging, you know. Yes. So, and I, I like to sort of make them look attractive the way I place the colours. Yes. So I sometimes, <laughs> I sometimes send a whole blanket and then I send a lot of squares with it, you know. Mm. But uh, I've got to say thank you to her because she does... She does beautiful knitting, and sometimes yeah. I think to myself, I couldn't do all these squares without her help. Really, she does yes. so many. Yes, but she hasn't. She doesn't want. To, you know, she doesn't like sewing up or anything. Mm. So I don't mind. She gives me bags of squares. I'll do the rest. Fantastic. Yeah, I must say I don't like sewing up knitted squares. I've been trying to um, sew together some crocheted squares, and that's easier. Um, Yes. But I do like I do like doing the crochet edges, and I think for me as well, being able to put the colors together and make something yes. complete, and then be able to crochet around right. the edge, it's a great, that's right. very satisfying. And when feeling. you see the children with the with the blankets around them, mm. you know, I mean, it's just it's heartbreaking sometimes when you see them with their blankets and their cuddly toy, and they're you know they're hugging it, and and I'm thinking. What's wrong with children in this country? They wouldn't say thank you if you gave them a blanket and a cuddly toy. It's so yeah. lovely the way they appreciate them in yeah, South Africa. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so. it really is, you know. And yeah. it makes it all worthwhile when you see um on the forum and you see the um the pictures of the, the deliveries to the settlements mm. and you see the, the poverty that they're living in and how much here we take for granted in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever traveled to Africa? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I, the only places we really travelled to are Europe. I mean, we used to have mm. a lot of holidays in Austria or Switzerland or France. Yeah. Um, but our travelling days are over now. My husband's not well. Okay. Um, and uh, we've got a little dog. We wouldn't leave our little dog alone. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we know, I think part of it, actually, I've got loads of photographs and postcards. And I think it's actually easier to do that than to actually have to do the journey, just to yes. look at the memories of it sometimes. Well, but it's a form of traveling, isn't it? Because you're learning about a foreign yeah. country without actually going. But you really feel, I'm sure you feel that you've actually got friends in, in South Africa. Yes, indeed. Mm. And, well, yes, I mean, interestingly, um, some very dear friends of ours, um, unfortunately, he's died now, but he was the principal of a Bible college in um, South Africa. Okay. Um, and uh, he went and set this college up. And they used to tell me a lot about it. I've forgotten where it was now. It's further north. Than, than where you are but mm-hmm. um, my friend and her husband went and did this and they were there several years mm-hmm. and they used to talk about South Africa and tell, tell us all about the differences that they were experiencing and mm-hmm. I think that was probably just before I found this square and I thought oh I can't go and do a Bible college I, I, I'm too old for that but I can do something I can knit this yeah. I can knit with these children yeah yeah and it gives you a lovely warm feeling hey Oh, it does. Mm. It does. Because I, when you're knitting it, I mean, every stitch, really. I sometimes mm. wonder how many stitches in my life I've actually knitted. Wouldn't that be, be nice to know? A few, yeah. a few billion, I think. Well, even, yeah. if you, even if you knew how many squares you've knitted, it would be quite astonishing, I'm sure. It would be. It mm. would be. Yes, it would be. So, And I feel I've got to know some of the team. I mean, I've linked up with Rhonda on a few different sites we're both on, and that's mm. been lovely. Mm-hmm. Then I've got to know Rhonda, you know. Yes. Which is nice. 
Yes. And um, you are you quite active on the, the forum? Not so much as I should be, maybe. Um, <laughs> on and off, if you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. and off. I, 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 I love to read the newsletter when it comes through, and I always look at it then, you know. Mm. And I do, I do go on. I seem to go in patches on the forum. I might go on it a lot, and then I, then I miss a bit, you know. Mm. Yes, I, I, I don't think there's any should about, <laughs> about whether, whether one should be following the forum, but it's, it's just um, quite fun to participate. And I know a lot yes. of people enjoy sharing their pictures and whatnot. I, yes, I've just put a couple of pictures of my latest blanket on there, mm. and a few people have commented, so that mm. was nice. You know. Yes. I like knitting at the moment. I'm, I'm doing some hand puppets and things, ready to send before Christmas, so they've got... Oh. Early Lovely. enough, to, you know, for their Christmas deliveries. Yeah, I think the pup the puppets go down very well, um, because it's it's just not just a toy, but it's a way of expressing themselves, and that can be exactly really quite special. So I've been I've been digging out some patterns for different puppets, you know. So nice. yeah, I've got loads of different wool. My daughter yeah. keeps buying me wool, and I've got covers full of wool, and I keep thinking I have to live to be about three hundred to use all this wool. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but I get very excited by wool. It's just one of I those do. things. That's... <laughs> I mean, it's not, unfortunately, though, it's not just wool. I mean, I've got a craft room, which is absolutely full of paper craft and all the things for my cards. Ah, I've got another course. room full of material for my patchwork. And now I've got another room full of wool. <laughs> so my room hasn't got much space. No. <laughs> Oh, that's I think lovely. if you're a if you like doing craft, you can't help it. You know, yeah. you do get excited by the colours of the wall, of the the feel Absolutely. of the fabric, and then the you know different you know, varieties, different varieties. Yes. Yeah. Do you uh, you say your daughter sources wool for you? But um, do you prefer to knit in acrylics, or do you have a particular kind of? I quite yarn? like yeah, a double knitting acrylic, or mm. usually a good quality one, yeah. or something maybe with you know a small percentage of wool and acrylic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's too thin, I usually knit um, one strand of double knitting and have a, a strand of three ply to knit alongside it. Ah, okay. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then then it makes a nice warm warm square. Makes a nice blanket. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes, it's it's just lovely to see them. You know, the need the need mm-hmm. is so great, isn't it? It is. And it's, I mean, I I find myself throughout COVID, I've been spending a lot of time knitting and crocheting just because um, it's, it's one way to fill your time, but it's, it's also so nice to be creative. It's very therapeutic in these difficult times. It is Um, therapeutic. Yeah. And I find that the friendships that I've formed through knitting have, have been strong friendships because we share that love. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think anything you do for any different charity, you make friendships with people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, I think you're either, I think I inherited it from my mum because she was always thinking of other people, you know, mm. and that was her life. She was, I, I will say she was an angel on earth because she was so mm. much committed to doing things for other people. So yeah. I think she sort of passed on that level of trying to do things like knitting for other people. Yes. Um, she certainly did herself, you know, knit yeah. for other people. And even Fantastic. when she was an old lady, she, you know, I used to visit because she lived in a different town to me. And mm-hmm. I'd always go there. And the best present I could ever take, not flowers or chocolates, but a few balls of wool. Yes, so she could absolutely. Be Definitely. Yeah. I would I would agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is your Nitta Natter group up and running again or will it be soon? No. 
I don't think it will be because the old lady of 95 can't host it anymore. Okay. And the, the lockdown has only just come. Um, today is supposed to be the first day that we're free of lockdown. Yeah. And I think it's probably, um, it'll take a long time for everything to get going again. You know? And also yeah. this, this time, yeah, it's too hot really, isn't it? It's too oh. That's true too, but it's also. Yeah. I mean, you you've still got um, COVID infections um, yes. in in the UK, so I suppose people are having to yes. still be very careful. Are the yes. um, are the retirement villages and homes um, opening up with the? I with think the... so slowly, but I think the risk is there's a lot of controversy about whether or not we're opening up too soon. Yeah, because the rate is just increasing all the time, mm-hmm. um, and new cases every day. Um, a lot more cases are sort of doubling, and you know, and taking the liberty so that people don't have to wear masks necessarily. Mm. A lot of people, including our, myself, think it's too soon, really. Mm. But mm. I suppose mm. they've got to think of the economy, and it's difficult. To, I mean, it's a terrible yeah. thing. There's never a right time to do it, is there, really? Well, I'd, it's very tough, but I suppose um, at least at this point you you um, you can sort of choose for yourself, you know, to wear masks or social distance or do whatever. Yeah. You, you still have a certain yeah. amount of power to do that. But and you've and got maybe, it bad in, in you've got it bad in Gauteng, haven't you? Yes, in your area. Yeah, it's it has been a, a, a very um, severe wave. We weren't expecting it to be quite so bad, um, and. A relative of mine is a doctor. He works directly with the um, COVID patients. So he's been run off his feet in the last few months, actually. And um, we just can't wait for it to be behind us. As I say, my daughter's coming out. So we're hoping that things will open up more. You know, we've got this level four lockdown, which is very tight lockdown. Yes. And um, yeah, we'd like a bit more freedom. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so strange, isn't it? I mean, I, but you know, the funny thing is, although we've been in lockdown for such a long time, I find the time absolutely flies by so quickly. Mm-hmm. And every day is the same, really, mm. because, you know, you're not in your normal routine. Mm. Uh, you can't sort of go and socialise and do things like you normally would do. But yeah. I, f- I find that the time just flies by. I do. Absolutely flies yeah. by. Mm. I do too. I, I mean, from, from one Friday to the next, you know, we've got another weekend and you kind of think, where did I know, we go? I know, I know. I say that. We put the rubbish out on a Tuesday, you know, for mm. our bin men. And I, I will say to my husband on a Tuesday, can't believe it's Tuesday again. <laughs> you yes. know, it just goes by so quickly. Yeah. It's amazing. But I guess if you've got lots to be doing, you're never going to get bored, are you? Well, that's it. Yeah. And I think, I, I think uh, Grace, that's the one thing you can inspire us all with is just your, your busyness, having lots and lots of creative things on the go. And um, yeah, I just really thank you for sharing all that with us. My pleasure. It's yeah. been lovely to talk to you. I'm sorry we had the mix up, at least we got there in the end, didn't we? <laughs> yes, but absolutely. Yes, I do tell people about it. As I say, I really am hoping that the the um, cards I've sent to the old people's care homes mm. might produce some fruit maybe in the winter when they want to do some knitting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Grace. It's been lovely talking to you, Liam. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good. Thanks, Grace. I appreciate it. Like Grace, I really do enjoy knitting myself. And um, as I speak to you, I am doing another corner to corner square. 
this is on um, ordinary size four or so needles and I'm knitting with du double knitting yarn, acrylic yarn in a sort of a, a purple mauve kind of color. <laughs> Not quite sure. I think it's a, if you were speaking as a South African who loves nature, you might say it's a, it's a jacaranda color, the color of the jacaranda flowers that come out in August and September. Anyway, it's some time since I spoke to you about uh, my own craft and um, so I thought I would just mention to you my idea for using scraps and I'm sure many of you do this already but if you haven't, um, if you don't know about it, um, what I tend to do is I collect all my double knitting scraps and when I have a large bucket full or basket full or box full, <laughs> I, um, I make up what I call magic balls. And these are balls of wool that are um, that that comprise short lengths of of yarn. So it might be anything from a couple of meters right down to a few inches. And I knot those together with I think what is called a fisherman's knot. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a knot that you make. You make two little knots and draw them together tight, and then cut off the little loose ends. Um, it's also called a magic knot, I think. And I'll make these balls out of all sorts of different colors. This time I'm literally making them out of multicolors. No separation of light or dark or warm colors and cool colors. Literally just making up these um, these magic balls. And my idea is to uh, to crochet um, a, a five by seven little rectangle. Um, well, when I say five by seven, five squares by seven squares, and each of those squares will be very small, sort of about um, four rows each, granny squares, and um, sew them up into what would resemble the shape of a normal knitter square blanket, which is 35 squares, except that this time it's very much smaller. And that will give me the basic shape of the blanket. And then I'm going to use my um, the colored balls to crochet around that uh, row after row after row and I'm going to see how that turns out. I expect it'll be very bright and multicolored but um, when you knit or when you crochet like that it's rather uh, an interesting exercise because you don't know how it's going to turn out, how the the bits of color that come off your balls are going to play together um, and you know the effect it's going to have. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, It'll be a, a completely different project for me, but um, I think it'll make a very nice, warm and fun blanket. So I'll let you know how that comes out. But besides that, uh, as I say, please keep us in your prayers. Uh, South Africa has been going through a difficult time with COVID and with violence and unrest. But we are really, really hoping and praying that things will um sort themselves out in the months ahead. Uh, we'd love to see travel start up again and businesses um, come back online and um, employment improving and people who have been very, very badly affected by the COVID pandemic and the, uh, the civil unrest, that they would find a place where they can um, rebuild what they've lost and um, sort of look forward to a more secure future. So uh, with that, um, please keep sending in your squares. Please keep um, knitting and crocheting your hand warmers, beanies and soft toys. 
Keep looking at the forum and the Facebook page to see what everybody else is doing and to be inspired. And I look forward to chatting with you again in two weeks' time. So this is Leanne Hunt, casting off. You can find show notes at www.net-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.